Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 225 of the podcast. It's the 29th of April, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Liz Brady. Liz and her husband live with their four boys in Western Australia. We dive into how she discovered unschooling, her parenting journey, and the gift of sharing her life with so many unique and dynamic personalities. The love and joy shines through in every story she shares. As a personal update, this week has been pretty routine, which is nice. We're just coming out of a bit of a cold snap, so I'm looking forward to spending more time outside. We've got firewood to stack and gardens to clean out, which I really do enjoy in a zen kind of way. And I've been having so much fun in the Living Joyfully Network. We're just wrapping up our first month, and it's already grown into such a vibrant community, even more so than Anna and I dared envision. The conversations and connections inspire and energize me every day. And I'll put the link in the show notes if you'd like to check it out and join us. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons, Shem Marzouk and Emily Weber. Hi, Shems. Hi, Emily. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Liz. Welcome. I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Liz Brady. Hi, Liz. Hi. <laughs> so we have been connected online for a few years now and I really enjoy reading around your blog a little bit and I love the pictures and things that you post and the pieces of your lives that you share online. It's so, so fun for me just to see families in action. I am really excited that we're connecting here so that I can learn more about your unschooling journey. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's into right now? Sure. Okay. So um, (laughs) our um, family is my husband and I and our four boys. Um, We live here in uh, Western Australia. Um, we are at the moment in a little town or suburb, we call it here in Australia, um, sort of a little further out of um, the sort of CBD and um, we've got a really nice property with some, you know, an extra bit of land, a pool and heaps of trees, so loads of space for the boys to run around, which is great. Um, We moved here about seven years ago, we bought this property and... um, since then, we've kind of moved all over. My husband actually works for um, the police force. So um, 
we've moved with his work a lot and um, some of the places we've moved to have been really incredible, very remote, in the middle of nowhere. You can imagine Australia's really sort of big and broad and there's lots of remote places. Wow. Um, So the boys have had some really incredible kind of adventures since they were born. Um, Our boys, so we've got Owen who's 10 and Liam is 8. Jack is seven and Harry is five. So um, lots of boys. And we also have two boy dogs and a boy cat. So I'm completely outnumbered. Um, we did have some female chickens at one, well, obviously. We had some um, chickens and uh, a, um, a female cat, but we lost her last year. So hopefully we'll get some more chickens this year. It all settles down. (laughs) Yeah, so um, a little bit about what we're up to at the moment. Um, Owen, my oldest, he is really um, passionate about anime at the moment. (laughs) He loves um, all the sort of um, stories and characters and anything that kind of is inspired by that. So he likes um, any video games that he can be the character um, and, you know, get the abilities. A lot of the characters he likes have special powers and abilities and he's always role-playing that with the boys, doing a lot of martial arts. Um, there's always wrestling happening and, you know, sticks flying around and that kind of thing. Um, I think the um, stories in anime are so unique and interesting. And, yeah, they're really, some of them are really a little strange as well (laughs) yeah Yeah, no I find that so fascinating like with Joseph and Mike I you know we we've watched some anime he's Joseph's found me some anime like just it it is fascinating like stuff I would never in a million years think of as a story and they build a whole world around it It, it's so cool it's incredible yeah yeah so we have this like amazing kind of discussions about all these characters and the story and he likes to you know research where the um writers get them like sort of ideas from and motivation behind the stories he's really into that and um yeah as a side effect he's kind of learning a little bit about Japanese culture Mm -hmm. and playing with learning the language and that kind of thing um so that's been really cool to sort of watch that unfolding and he's also a really um big swimmer he loves swimming he spent a lot of time over summer just in the pool and he when he's in the pool he's talking and thinking you can see his brain kind of ticking over in the pool it's <laughs> it's his sort of thinking place I think and he'll go under the water and you, know, you can see he's um, thinking of the next thing he wants to do and he's always coming up with challenges wow. he likes to um get me to tie him up which sounds really bizarre but he gets me to tie him up and um try to get him so so tightly tied up that he can't escape and drop him down the bottom of the water like Houdini <laughs> but we obviously have to do that <laughs> we obviously have to find ways to do that safely so I'm like we really can't completely tie your body <laughs> body up that might that might be really unsafe so yeah he loves those kinds of things and then uh, Liam, our um, eight-year-old, he is sort of like our mover and groover. He's always um, moving, um, doing sort of 
obstacle courses, ninja sort of thing. Um, he was the first to master the backflip and is on the trampoline kind of perfecting those sorts of moves. Um, he's also really into photography. He really likes taking sort of um, nature um, photos of flowers, leaves. Um, today he was out there taking a really cool picture in like in a pipe. He sort of took the picture down the pipe and the angle he got was amazing. I was like, wow, that looks so cool. Um, yeah, he's just like, oh, so creative. And he likes to take pictures of water moving. Um, he likes like droplet sort of um, photography and how the water moves and how you can capture that. So that's really cool. Um, and they're always sort of making things together, you know, in the kitchen, creating, decorating bits of food. So he has that kind of creative um, side to him. So fun and to see you I know, I know. Yeah, they, you know, I think that's such a blessing when you have lots of kids is, you know, seeing all their individual kind of um, personalities shining through each of their interests. You know, it's just, oh, lost my earphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that's really cool, um, cool to see. And then we have Jack, who's seven. He's sort of, always really love machines and um, vehicles at the moment. He loves planes. He's obsessed with planes. He's always sort of flying them around the house um, with really great sound effects. He's got um, a bit of a kind of passion at the moment for World War II planes. He really loves those and like learning about sort of aviation history in that era. He loves to watch, you know, the movies, the documentaries, um, anything kind of in the war, um, you know, tanks and submarines and, and aeroplanes. He really loves learning about that. And he's always sort of building things, building planes out of Lego um, with blue tack, clay, sand, sticks, you know, anything he can get his hands on. He's really like a hands-on kind of kid. And he, um, I think he just likes being able to see his imagination come to life, I think. Um, you know, because he's just always got something in his hands and, and building something. And we've always have things go missing that we know <laughs> we can just ask that. <laughs> Where's that little um, gadget thing? <laughs> and he's kind of taken it apart and um, found some kind of other use for it. And, yeah. yeah, he just loves taking things apart and finding little bits and pieces. So we're always kind of making areas for Jack to tinker and, and destroy things and then put them together and build things. So, cool. yeah, he's, yeah, and then Harry. I feel like we could go on forever with this, yeah. so many of us. We could. They're fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry's our baby, and he's, but he's, he always has been really independent. He's fiercely independent. He can do everything. I can do it on my own. Um, and I think he really likes the age that, you know, he's sort of stepping into it. Oh, lost, <laughs> lost my phone. Um, stepping into his sort of the age that he's at, that he's kind of had like a skill leap and um, he's now really able to play, really um, sort of engaged with his older siblings as well, that he maybe couldn't do that before. So he's really enjoying playing Roblox with them and 
he's always building um, or not building but making costumes out of he'll get me to cut up his clothes um, he's making masks and helmets and backpacks and you know he's got socks for gloves on his hands that we cut up and he's just adorable <laughs> but he's very cute and yeah he's kind of um, at that age where he's you know asking questions about everything and you know what's in our body and you know how's this made and you know he's just yeah just a delight really <laughs> yeah. yeah and okay. yeah and then my husband sorry oh <laughs> no I just said yeah go ahead I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> oh okay sorry oh my husband he um He's also really into photography. Um, he's a really adventurous kind of person. He loves, um, you know, going to find new places to take photos and explore and finding cool things. His um, kind of little niche that he's interested in is sort of nighttime photography. He takes like pictures of the Milky Way and um, that kind of thing. And he's he's really really got a um, quite a creative eye. And he takes um, Liam out sometimes, and they go and. Um, take pictures together which is really cute um so yeah a lot of what he's doing at the moment is sort of watching youtube videos about how to um you know take the right picture and um editing and everything like that that's so involved all the editing aspects that I, yeah i'm very confused <laughs> and then um for me i guess i'm just really loving um you know, being at home with the boys, um, I kind of spend a lot of time obviously doing things with them, looking for new recipes because they eat a lot of food. Um, <laughs> they're always hungry. So I'm always kind of trying to create new um, interesting foods for them to eat. And um, uh, we just recently got a piano. Uh, we got gifted a piano, which is um, really cool. So I've been enjoying playing on the piano. I used to play when I was a kid. So, yeah, I've been enjoying playing the piano and um, just kind of doing little things like that, writing, um, journaling. I, I do like a little bit of poetry and, um, yeah, just enjoying my day with the boys, really. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for taking the time for that nice long – because it – such a beautiful picture, right? You can just see oh, everybody's personalities <laughs> shining through. And like you said, they're all so individual and unique when they have this space, right, to really hone in yeah. on what they're most curious about. It's so interesting to see. And I just, I love the tweaks, you know, with the the night photography and the stars and that's like oh you know I love all that it's just a reminder to me too and I'm sure to everybody listening like the little pieces like oh yeah I'm curious about that oh yeah I'd be interested to dive yeah. in so it's it's so fun and yeah. I, like your little pieces too right I mean you've got four younger kids so that I mean that's a lot of time helping them and and playing with them and hanging yeah. out which is super fun. And then you're weaving in a little bit of piano here, a little bit of writing here. Like it's just a beautiful big yeah. picture of a family going through their days. 
Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, you know, I, I think I just love that the most about hearing about unschooling families is just how they weave their own passions together with just being alongside each other. It's just, you know, it's just beautiful. Yeah, that's the piece. The, yeah. That's what shines through, right? Is, is the alongside each other, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which can be so very different because, you know, so often conventionally children's interests in things are, do take a back seat to what the adults need to yeah. do. But just through, you know, your description, you can just see um, and feel the engagement with the kids and the, the love, the yeah. respect, the engagement, like all of it just shines through in how you talk about it. So that was lovely. Thanks, Liz. Oh, that's awesome. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I would be curious to know how you discovered unschooling. How did you come across that? And what did your family's move to unschooling look like? Yeah, so we, um, I guess we kind of came to it in a sort of windy, windy road. <laughs> um, it wasn't really, you know, something that I discovered at the beginning. Um, it wasn't probably until my um, oldest son, he was, um, I think, four or five and he was starting what they call here kindy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had looked into um, having, I guess, having four boys well at the time we had three boys and you know knowing that boys are quite active and physical I was already starting to look into the idea that maybe um, that school environment or traditional school environment wasn't um, sort of the best place for them um, to sort of thrive and yeah so I started looking into alternative schooling around that time but he did go to the little local primary school here and I think like fairly Early on, I started noticing sort of some changes in his, you know, his, um, you know, emotional kind of, um, you know, his behaviour and his emotions and he just seemed really overwhelmed and, um, you, know, he, you know, he did really well kind of academically but then there was a lot of sort of, you know, the teachers said he was just rolling around on the floor and, you know, yeah. <laughs> touching everybody and, and I kind of thought, you know, maybe he needs to be somewhere where he can be more sort of physical and active. And um, we had like a local Steiner school here. Um, I looked at that because what I sort of um, had heard about Steiner was they didn't start formal learning until um, they are about seven. Mm-hmm. And like previously it was more sort of play and um, I thought maybe that would suit. So, um, yeah, I looked into that and I went to the school and I the grounds were all really beautiful and you know there was a mud pit and there was forts and you know all sorts of things like that and I thought oh my gosh this is amazing um oh sorry I keep losing this in my hair (laughs) um yeah so we kind of looked further into that but at the same time we found out we were having our um fourth little baby Harry and my husband got um, an opportunity to move with his work and um, so we kind of thought oh that might be a great time um, you know for us because you do get a little bit more of a financial incentive when you move Mm -hmm. so um, we took the plunge and we moved um, up north and 
to this remote kind of town. And um, yeah, the schooling thing took a little backseat for a bit because we had a four week old baby and we moved. And so <laughs> we kind of thought we'd just stick with that for a little bit. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he went to the school and again, there was sort of some early warning sort of signs, you know, a lot of things that came up. The teacher would say, you know, oh, he's, you know, so interesting and he's always got all these things to say, but he never puts his hand up and he's always talking when he shouldn't be. And, you know, it was always about sort of behaviour modification rather than like, oh, let's nurture this curiosity. Um, and he would come home and sort of say, oh, you know, I was really good today. I got a treat. And then another day it would be, oh, I got, was really bad today and I got like my name on the board. And, you know, that wasn't some kind of, that wasn't really a lot of the dialogue we were using at home. And I felt like he was getting this sort of impression that he was bad, you know, because he couldn't sit still or, you know, those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Um, and at the same time we were, you know, I guess attachment parenting with this new baby and it seemed sort of, you know, in such contrast to have, you know, this older child that now we were sort of sending off to this place who, you know, he didn't really want to be there. He was at that point starting to school refuse. You know, we sometimes he would run off from the car or, um, you know, not want to go into the classroom so there was all these things that were kind of churning around in me that were saying, you know, this doesn't feel right and, you know, everyone, you know, there's sort of things that they tell parents at the time, oh, this is so normal and yeah. they'll get over it. Um, it's just quieting your sort of intuition and your, your gut instincts and sort of telling it to be quiet. And I kind of had one last ditch attempt and I went to see the principal and I said, you know, he's having a really hard time getting to school in the morning. He's, like, not wanting to come in the classroom. And her response was, well, with children like that, we just hold them down. And I just <laughs> couldn't believe that was her Answer. response. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of left that office, went straight to the main office and just said, we, we won't be coming anymore. <laughs> and um, yeah, we kind of pulled him out and um, I remember him saying to me one morning when we were on our way to school and he just sort of said, why is everyone else the boss of me? And I thought, oh, Matt, that's just so true. And it was a really big moment for me in realising that, you know, we had to sort of change our direction um, in order for him to really, you know, be who we were supposed to be. Um, and, yeah, it was incredibly, you know, empowering and this huge sense of relief, I think, that it was okay to finally listen to my child and, you know, trust in his own sort of understanding of himself that, you know, yeah, we could, we could do this together. And um, so we did um, then pull him out, but I didn't really know anything about unschooling still. I had a um, Steiner curriculum because of our previous experience with Steiner and that lasted a week <laughs> <laughs> because um, 
yeah, the kids were really bored and they were sort of waiting or trying to hurry through it to get to the fun stuff. And, and then when I saw, you know, what they were learning in the fun stuff, I sort of thought, okay, you know, we really don't need to do this. And um, in a respect, I think it was a, um, like a Facebook group for respectful parenting, um, the issue of screen time came up and somebody said, you know, there's this whole group of people that actually don't limit screen time. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she sent me a link to um, Pam Sarushian's um, article, The um, Economics of TV Time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just was like, oh. And that kind of, I fell into the, yeah, I fell into the rabbit hole. And I found your podcast and I just like devoured it. I was up like, to all hours of the night, just listening to everything I could listen to. And, um, yeah, it was like it felt like coming home almost. I know that sounds a bit corny, but it's like this, um, you know, everything you've been feeling and you're witnessing um, that you've been told is wrong and then there's this place where it was all just validated, confirmed, and it just felt so amazing. I was like, oh, finally arrived. <laughs> Oh, I so remember that. I so remember that. It it's amazing. It's like this whole um part of the world was completely undiscovered, right? But that yes. so much of it like connects. It, it it's so interesting to hear everybody's journey because it is fascinating to see what that last little that piece of the puzzle that opened up this world, like how, yeah. how they found it. Right. I love that for you, it was yeah. that, that screen time question. I know for me, it yeah. was doing research for a meeting with a principal and I came across the word homeschooling. It's like, ah, what oh, is wow. that? Like that was the first time I realized they didn't have to go to school. I, like I literally thought you have to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's so fascinating to hear that little piece. And so many times where, well, because it's our journey, that was the point at which we were ready for it, right? You yeah. know, we may have come yeah, and you could before, but now is when, like, all those pieces just come crashing together, right? Yeah, that's right. Because any other point, you could have just missed it. But it was all, you know, this culmination of these things. And just right now you're you know, ready to launch. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's we, why you find it. You find so many pieces make sense because this is when you're ready for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we kind of, um, I know I later down the track sort of found an article from Sandra Dodd that said, you know, read a little, try a little, wait and watch. And we didn't do that. <laughs> we just, I was so, you know, so excited. I just dove completely in and you know it was a little kind of ooh, this is fun, <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. But, um, yeah <laughs> but yeah it was it was amazing and the whole um yeah ever since then everything's just kind of been incredible you know it's always it's not always perfect you know I think life is that that way anyway but it's you know it is just a wonderful wonderful journey we've had so far yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I mean, that is that is a great point. There are lots of families who also like dive right in. 
I keep thinking back on on how we did. I think we almost mostly pretty much dove in. <laughs> um, I, well, basically because it's like, okay, let's take, you know, it was almost the summer. It was March break. And I just like, okay, you know, you're not going back because let's try this. Why wait now till summer? We can just start now. And so basically kind of took an early summer. So just took those few months off and just kind of called it a vacation, thought of it as a vacation. And then I was, you know, immersively when I wasn't with the kids, I was learning and reading and and all that kind of stuff about unschooling so that eventually for the most part, we just didn't go back. You know what I mean? After like this, our vacation. And then we just kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love Kept to hear <laughs> more about that for you and kind of how you worked through that that phase till it felt a little more natural. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, initially it's sort of, it feels a little bit, um, you know, yeah, everyone's kind of, you know, doing all these things and, you know, you're just taking it all in on the side like I was, you know, the same mm-hmm. as you reading and reading and listening and um you know, as time goes on, you know, each little piece sort of comes together and, you know, the screen time sort of things just fell away and the food and, you know, I think as the connection and trust starts to build, you know, those are kind of the key elements that kind of holds everything together. And um, I think the biggest um, sort of shift, I suppose, for me, I think conventionally, um, you know, everything feels very black and white. Um you know, there's like this sort of generational rules that are passed down, you know, you do this and you're going to get, you know, this at the end, you know, this kind of parent and you'll get this kind of child. And it's kind of all based under that assumption that, you know, you can control the outcome or that you want to do that. And, um, you know, also that idea that kids don't really you know, they're not really whole human beings. We have to kind of mould them to be what we want them to be. And um, I think for me that realisation that um, I didn't have to have all the answers and, you know, I didn't have to be in control and, you know, we shifted that focus from being, um, you know, about, I guess, the education to being about the connection and relationship. And when it was about that, you realise that every single person is part of, you know, that unit. You were all making those decisions kind of collaboratively. Um, And it frees up so much space emotionally to have those connections when you're not like sort of kind of tied down with this idea or that dialogue that you need to be in control of everything. Um, And that kind of really surprised me how, um, you know, how wonderful that felt to be able to kind of just relax into connecting and not thinking all the time about, you know, the future and and all of those sorts of things. And I think um, any kind of system, I guess, that functions with control as the sort of fundamental way in which it relates to people, I don't think you can they can function well without, you know, the, you know, sort of failing the individual, I think, you know, in that sort of system, you can't really, um, you know, I guess for human beings, the sort of 
our innate kind of drive or what we're sort of born with is that need to have ownership over our own lives. And I think when, you know, any system that has that kind of control, you know, underlying everything, it, um, yeah, it really fails the individuals. And I think for me, that was the biggest shift, just letting go of all of that and, you know, moving towards connection and relationship as the sort of main goal. And, um, yeah, it's sort of grown, it's grown from there and all those other little pieces, you know, the little um, things that come up in between, you just kind of redirect back to that relationship and connection and, you know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that piece. (laughs) And as, as I just glance at the next question, that's, that's where we ended up, right? Um, because we were going to talk about the journey from traditional parenting to the more consensual and respectful relationships with your kids. And you made such a great point about that, that the, the huge piece is the understanding of the role of control and, and how yeah. that interferes with your connection and your um, relationship with them and them just um, having the agency and acceptance like to be themselves right to be able to be themselves versus be controlled into our version of what we think they should be right yeah definitely I know I think um yeah I think we do that to people all the time we're always kind of you know putting our ideas into them and you know changing everyone's kind of direction to where we think they should go um yeah. 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 No, I, I was having a conversation with Rocco about that, that same thing, you know, last night. It's so <laughs> fascinating. And, and to me, it's kind of, again, this is what we were talking about. It, to me, it's the difference <clears throat> between um, putting ourselves in someone else's shoes when we're trying to figure out what's going on versus seeing through yeah. their eyes, like the difference between that is, is truly night and day. Because when we think we know the right next step for somebody, because it would truly be the right next step for us. So when we put ourselves in our child's shoes or, or any other person's shoes, and we think, okay, if I was in this situation, I think I should do this. And then it's, it is natural yeah. for us to want to control, to think like there's a right answer there's a right way like you were talking back to the black and white like this your destination is you know this good person this right person right but from their perspective when you take off that control piece and see what it looks like from their perspective like with their personality the things they love to do the way they love to be who they are in the world it can be so different can't it Absolutely. Yeah, I I think that definitely. <laughs> it's amazing when you think, yeah, we just could could miss that whole whole part if we just never let go of that um, you know, that need to control the outcome there and yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> All right, I think this leads me <laughs> to the next question too. So you've got four younger kids. <laughs> you know, who all have their own personalities, their yes. own things that they like to do. 
So I just uh, was hoping you could share a little bit about your experience navigating everyone's needs and wishes as you move through your days. You know, how do you approach uh, moments where things are a bit at odds? I think people, uh, it can be really interesting just to hear how other people are doing it because it's, it's just more information for us, right? More ways that we can look at a moment. So that, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely, I remember in the beginning for us, I was sort of hanging off everyone's word when they sort of talk about how, especially sort of siblings sort of, you know, there were disagreements and conflicts and things in, in bigger families. And, you know, we have, a, we definitely have a lot of practice um, here in our house because we have so many different needs. Um, but I think, um, I guess focusing away from, you know, everyone getting along and this sort of collective kind of, okay, we all have to get along and, you know, we all have our, you know, roles to play is really just sort of honing in on everyone's individual needs. I think that for us has really, you know, changed um, the way we kind of um, communicate and the way we kind of, um, you know, work together is working out what, everyone's individual needs are in the situation and then seeing how we can how we um we kind of we do that pretty much with everything you know in terms of um making our decisions so um you know down to the finances or what we're having for dinner or those kinds of things we're always having those discussions (laughs) um and a lot of the time in those discussions people's needs will kind of conflict you know um we might have um, like usually at the end of the month we kind of say, okay, we've got um, this X amount of um, leftover money in our budget and, you know, how would we like to spend that? And sometimes somebody might have something to heal that they really want and then um, another person might have something else they want and we've often sort of had to have those discussions and kind of work together on, okay, well, maybe this month this person could get the Lego they've really been kind of wanting to get and um, maybe we can put that put money aside for the next um, next month for um, that person. And then, you know, other things that happen on a daily basis, for example, um, sometimes my older son, he wants to stay at home and um, the younger ones want to go out. So we kind of work on you know is there a way that um (laughs) is there a way that he could stay at home um or is there a reason why he didn't want to come so we just kind of discuss that and maybe work through pulling out some of some of the needs behind um why he didn't want to come or maybe what we could do to make it more interesting for him um and I think when in all of those situations when you kind of, when every person feels like their needs are just as important as, you know, ours or, you know, as a group, everyone feels kind of validated. They seem to be so much more flexible and generous with, you know, it it just, it amazes me sometimes how they're so young yet they're so like, you know, they're just able to give and, you know, kind of compromise and be like oh you know well I can see that's really important to that person and you know maybe I could 
maybe I could help or maybe I could wait or, you know, and I think, you know, that's just so amazing to watch that. I don't think that would be the case if they always felt like their needs were in conflict with, you know, the harmony of the family or like they weren't, you know, they always had to take from someone else's kind of cup to get their cup filled, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, it really does. I do, you know, over the years looking back at it, it does feel like it's a, a power thing. Like when, when we're feeling, when someone's feeling powerless, um, we, we need to grab for it and we need to fight for it. Right. But like you said, when everybody, when people feel heard and understood, right, then they don't have to grab for that power. It's like, okay, they know me. Um, we're all trying to work this out together. And like, you're right. It's It's so hard at the beginning to open up conversations with our kids, I think, because at first we're so worried, you know, that there's going to be so many demands and um, that Uh we aren't going to be able to meet them and that it's going to take so long to talk through and everything. And it takes a while to get to the place where the kids feel that they feel empowered to be themselves and they trust that they're going to be heard and understood and and um even if it doesn't go their way like like you said there it's just amazing where they get to that ability to understand each other and compromise and find a path forward because they trust that when something's super important to them and we've shown them through previous experience that we're going to go out of the way to make sure that it happens for them you know like it's just it's so beautiful <laughs> when when everybody gets gets to that place isn't it you know and then sometimes yeah. like you said we we have harder months a lot of things go wrong and we really need that cup filled or whatever but they see us in action and doing our best to fill that cup for them you know so that's what i mean when yeah. power gets out of the equation it's amazing what replaces it isn't it yeah, absolutely. You can just see, yeah, like how you say, how empowered they feel, you know, in that moment to be able to come forward and, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I can really be a part of this and, you know, I'm an equal member in this whole team and, you know, just as little as sort of five and seven and they're just, you know, coming up with all these wonderful ideas and, you know, being able to, you know, yeah, I just think, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and like you say, you know, it doesn't always go that way and there's times when, you know, there are sort of limitations that come up and then, you know, just knowing that, you know, like you say, when when needs come that and you, you just try your best to, to make that happen and, and whether it's, you know, you find another option or find another solution that's maybe not exactly what they started out with but, you know, yeah, you can see them go, ding, mummy's mummy's kind of, yeah this is cool (laughs) yeah yeah and that's the thing too when they you know there there's that level of trust so that you know if it's something specific that they're really wanting but we're working with them for a plan um to get there it may not be immediate 
but you know, yeah. we're working with them for that plan. Or, you know, we come up with another idea. It's like, well, if you really need it faster, there's this alternative that is almost there. But, you know, just that you're working with them and trying to figure it out with them. It's that whole team. Like I feel empowered because I've got the power of, you know, my parents, and my family behind me trying to yeah. help figure out a path that will work for me, right? Absolutely. And I think I, re I remember hearing that from you, Pam, I think, um, you know, like you say, that sort of dance in the beginning, I think, you know, initially you feel almost like you're just throwing all this power at everybody, like, okay, you, you know, yep, you can do yeah, this, yeah. And you can do that. And um, it feels that way. And then it's sort of a shift from, it's not really handing over power, but like you say, it's sort of giving them their own power to kind of, you know, shine and um, yeah, it's really cool when that kind of shift comes and you're in that sort of space. Yeah, no, that's that's a really great point because I think when we first come to unschooling, it can feel like as parents we're handing power to them. But that to me, yeah. that means like there's a limited amount of it. And that feels like we're giving up. But no, it's you know, it's power, it's more than the sum of its parts, you know, if we all like share it and it just kind of goes where it needs to go and the other really cool thing is and I'm sure you found this too is that what each child needs from us like that's another piece kind of that fairness piece right uh, you know if I worry I'm spending yeah. a lot on the needs of one child because they're wanting lots of things for a while or something um, and another yeah. child isn't really wanting things, but you notice maybe they're wanting a lot more time. Maybe they're wanting a lot more interaction. Maybe it's a lot of watching them in the pool because they want to swim a lot, or maybe it's role playing yeah. a lot or watching shows with them a lot. And it's totally okay because then you're meeting the needs of each child. It does, they don't have to be measured other than exactly. the sense that they feel loved and connected and supported. Right. So whether yeah. and it and it just goes over time, it goes through phases. Sometimes someone needs more money, sometimes more attention, sometimes more this or that or whatever, wherever they happen to be in the moment. Right. Is it? I got goosebumps again because it's so fascinating. Just <laughs> individual people at play. Right. And they're they're people. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is really cool. And yeah, I know with my, um, you know, having sort of younger younger ones like you say sometimes you know it is more a physical kind of you know being by beside them and you know the play and kind of helping them with a lot of things and then you know um Owen my older son he you know some he went through a stage where he was really just loving online gaming with friends and he, he was doing that like a lot and you know he was just so animated and talking and you know there wasn't much time in that space for me to sort of sit next to him and have a chat you know because he was like mom I'm doing my stuff yeah yeah um, yeah but for, for him it was you know like he was oh so happy when I was bringing him you know his favorite food and you know oh pizza mom you're the best you know <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff you know he's and that was kind of filling his cup so that he could continue doing what he was you know loving at the time and yeah like you say if everyone's just sort of getting their cups filled and, you know, it changes over time all the time. Yeah, I think that's why I love the word flow. 
right? Because it oh, yeah. seems to be a nice metaphor for the days because it over time, it does flow different phases. It changes for people, but to be able to help keep them in their flow too, like the bringing pizza and everything, you just, yeah. you notice the little pieces and just try to flow with them and, and everybody flowing together in the bigger picture too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just awesome. <laughs> Um, one other thing that I wanted to touch on, which I think fits in here nicely too, is the idea of productivity. I think that's something that as we're de-schooling too, that's another big piece because the idea of being productive is so pervasive, isn't it? But it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it's everywhere. And I mean, and now in, in this, uh, the pandemic time where a lot of people are at home, I see a lot of messages about, oh, you can use this time to do this, that, and the other thing, which is cool too, but it's so individual as well, right? There's so much value in not, not, not even looking through the lens of productivity, rather looking through the lens of ourselves as an individual and where we are and, and what we are um, feeling like we want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does, does that make sense, right? Yeah. Or, or just be. I oh, love it does. Yeah. And be. That's a huge thing too. <laughs> exactly. And I, yeah, I'm. I agree. I've seen so much of that um, online recently, and um, yeah, it's such a huge push for everyone to be on the same trajectory of, you know, we're all doing this, and we're all, you know, learning this new skill. And like you say, it's cool if that's, you know, what's coming from within you and that's what you really want to do. But yeah, we're all sort of individual and, you know, that need to really sort of kind of always be self improving ourselves, you know, just like you say, it's, it's everywhere at the moment. And I think for us initially, when we started unschooling, I was really looking at what they were doing still through that lens of, you know, um, like an educational kind of point of view and, like teasing apart what they were, what they were doing, and kind of still evaluating it in a sense, um, because I guess initially that was helpful for me because it helped me to shift from seeing learning through this um, kind of school lens and now into life. Um, but when we shifted, you know, further away, um, you know, and kind of went further along in our journey. Um, it sort of shifted again to be, you know, it was just, you know, we're all in this together sort of um, supporting each other's interests and, you know, whatever it happened to be at the time that we were interested in, you know, whether it be like for Jack digging in the sand for hours and looking for rocks um, or watching a YouTube video or a photography blog or, you know, gaming with friends, um, you know, it's all so meaningful to that individual at that time is what they're choosing to do. And, you know, I think it's so ingrained in that school and work culture that, um, you know, you're always having to prove your worth or sort of provide some kind of product to show that you are kind of of value in, um, you know, in society. And I think that trickles into our relationships with kids because, they, I've seen so often that they learn to filter themselves. They know what gets our attention um, and what doesn't. And, you know, 
they're always sort of looking for that thing that's going to give them that validation and approval. And, you know, I think when you start looking outside yourself for that gauge of, you know, acceptance and approval, that's, you know, where your innate purpose sort of... Are you there, Pam? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) You did. That's where your, um, that's where their innate purpose. Yeah, your innate purpose kind of like, um, you know, it's really impacted because you're looking, you know, now you're looking outside of yourself for, um, you know, validation and um, for unschool, unschoolers, I think, and, you know, I feel like we, you know, are living day by day more intentionally and that, um, you know, that sort of our choices, we're always evaluating our choices and, you know, there's no shame in kind of letting something go or not, you know, or quitting something. There we go. We're still there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's such a great point. You had so many cool uh, insights in there. Like one thing that jumped out at me was, you know, versus um, the like, trying to look externally for that validation, like to get that piece. You you mentioned um, what they're choosing to do is meaningful to them. I think yeah that I loved that word um, that meaningfulness because it is about um, our our internal um, aspirations, the things we're trying, what we're curious about, just what we are trying to accomplish, and finding ways to validate those for them rather yeah. than the accomplishment of them. Like get excited with them about what it is that they're loving what it is yeah. they're trying to do versus judging how well they do it in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, there's, it doesn't matter if they're just sort of, like you say, just, you know, loving learning about something. There's no, that doesn't have to be some kind of end result or something yeah. that we can sort of tick off a box. Oh, you did that really well. And, or, you know, you learned a new skill. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just, whatever's meaningful to them as parents right because that that is the way most of us the vast majority of us have grown up right is is by producing things and having them judged yeah versus um just uh exploring like at that other piece that you added about quitting things because we lose in like that's amazing and it's so easy when you're looking at what they're aspiring to do and working with them from that point rather than than the end point or the production of something, right? Because then yeah. so yeah. often you see the threads of how they went from here, oh, you know, that I didn't I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought, or no, I don't want to go back to it and then moving on. But you can start to see them honing in on what it is that they're curious about, right? Yeah. And they're sort of building that trust in themselves as well that they, you know, they can make those choices and they, you know, they're sort of, yeah, building on that every time they kind of change it, change their direction. It doesn't feel like a failure or a loss or anything like that. And I could see that when they make that choice. There's never any sort of, you know, emotional attachment in terms of, oh, no, you know, that's not good that I did that. It's just, okay, (laughs) next thing. I love that. I love that because, yeah, they naturally um, 
which is why I always end up looking back at my kids as an example for me, but they're naturally about what it is that they're curious about or what it is they're aspiring to do versus the outcome, right? Like that was one thing I was always amazed at that when something didn't go as, you know, that's our lens as we expect it or we think that they're trying to accomplish and we think, Oh no, they're going to be so disappointed that it didn't work out. So they, and sometimes they are, but so it's, I just loved watching them and continue to, because for them, that was just so often just another piece of information, you know, and they would through the disappointment and then keep going. I'm like, damn, I would have given up. But yeah, I want to be able to do that too. You know, sometimes you feel like you're holding your breath. (gasps) Oh, what's going to happen? And then, yeah. (laughs) Oh, geez. No, that wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, very nice. (laughs) I know because making mistakes was such a big thing. Like, you know, I I learned quickly going, mistakes are bad. Mistakes are wrong. Like I would try to cover up mistakes and hide them and didn't want people to see them. I'd be so ashamed of that. Yet watching my kids was so different, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool that they get to, yeah, just be themselves and there's no sort of wrong or right to that. Yeah, I love that. So I would love to know what is your favorite thing about your unschooling lives and days right now? Uh, I actually realized I didn't even look at this question. Oh. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, um, well, I think because it was probably the, the easiest one to answer, really, I think um, just that I think for us right now, especially everything that's happening worldwide, just feeling so grateful for um, our journey so far. And I feel like we've all, all already kind of been preparing for this for the last little while, um, just being able to be together every day and just enjoying you know, learning alongside each other and, you know, that relationship piece as well, just being with each other and, you know, we've, with, I guess, having a few of us in our family, you know, there's so many different relationships that we have going and, you know, everyone is unique and, you know, the conversations are unique and, um, yeah, I just feel really grateful. Oh, wow. That's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz, for taking the time to speak with me. It was so much fun to hear more about your guys' stories. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome, Pam, and thank you so much for having me on today or this evening or this morning. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) Um, wherever you are. It's been lovely talking to you, um, all the little power cuts and things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome. Thank you. And before we go, um, where can people connect with you online? Um, I think probably Instagram or Facebook. I have um, those two pages. I don't really post too much, but um, yeah, just some pictures here and there. Um, so at uh, at unschooling the Bradys is the Instagram page, and the same for Facebook is just unschooling the Brady. Awesome. The Brady Bunch. The Brady <laughs> Yeah, no, that's perfect. And I'll put links to those in the show notes as well. Have a one well, have okay. a wonderful sleep. You're probably going to bed soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll probably need a, a little while to sort of relax now and 
um, yeah. before we go to bed. <laughs> wonderful. All right. Bye. And you too, Pam. Have a lovely day. Thank Bye. you. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.